combat sports fans, this is Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of mixed martial arts and pro wrestling. Sounds like producer Sass is getting in some of her bag work as we speak. Go, girl. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. We are, we got so much to talk about. I mean, we've got Ring of Honor Final Battle. NXT Deadline, all kinds of uh, wrestling action in there, but as we always like to do, we are going to start with the UFC. But before we get into the UFC, let me remind you that if you would like to contact the show, be a part of the show, we do take questions, comments, suggestions, ratings, reviews, all those sorts of things. We really do. You can email the show. This is the blanket email for Impact Media at... 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook with terms such as Jeremy York. Here he's a swell guy. Impact Media, really cool people. Or Strong Style, your favorite show. You can also, if you are so inclined to just want to click a link and listen to a show, you can go to our Twitter page at Team Impact Media. Scroll down to the show you'd like to listen to and simply click on it and listen. There is no cap. You can listen to it as many times as you want. You can listen to multiple shows. Uh, they're, they're all sitting there. There's they, uh, they should all be there. If they're not, let us know. Uh, if you want to follow myself for show-related things and uh, not show-related things, just things I've being worthy of posting or, or interactions with you guys, you can do so by following at the impact 99, the impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. You can also find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Spotify, the iTunes Store, and Podcast One. And if there is a place that you regularly get a podcast that you cannot find us, please let us know. We will fix that shortly. I actually had that happen a couple weeks ago where the stream straight to um, straight from our network to the podcast network, uh, something got corrupted or something, but we fixed it. You guys can find us. So, as I said... Let's jump into the UFC 282. Now we know we know uh, about a week or so ago, a week or two ago, they lost their main event, and so they kind of um, moved some stuff around. And this was the main event we got, and I, I felt like we got a, a pretty good one. You know, it, to be five rounds, Jan Blahovich, Magomed Akalaev. For the light heavyweight title. So let's talk about it a little bit. This thing, you know, sure there's some controversy, but we'll, we'll get a little into that in a minute. Um, I felt like, you know, Ankalaev has been on a really good run. Um, yeah, he got the win over Anthony Smith. I don't think he was necessarily winning that fight. Doesn't matter because a win's a win. Um, but I think that winning by injury stoppage, I think actually took a little wind out of his sails. Uh, because Jan was putting it on him in this one. I had I had Jan winning um, I would say at least two rounds. I think Magomed had at least two rounds. I think that deciding one, depending on which round you want to attach that to, I gave it to Jan. I, I thought Jan won three. I thought Magomed did two, which was kind of kind of what they saw too. The the judges saw two, except that uh, they all ended up having it as a split draw. Well. With a split draw, what happens? 
with a split draw. Nobody gets the belt. Nobody gets the belt. And you could say that one judge who also um, also made it known the night before at the Bellator event, which we will get into in a minute. You know, you could say that, uh, oh, he caused that. Well, here, here's what I would counter with. Why did you let it go to the judges? Why didn't you try to end it? Uh, Uncle Liev was the one who who was was kind of louder about he thought he won the fight, and uh, he didn't necessarily think that the last round was was a 10-8 round. I, I agree. I think it was a 10-9 round, which means you would have lost, sir. Not sure if you are aware of that. Definitely not sure if you are aware of that because uh, Jan Blahovich won this, was or won this fight in my opinion. And I'm not saying that because I want him to be champ. Or I just want somebody to be champ because this this division starting to get held up. And here's the unfortunate part. Like I said, it ends up being a split draw. Here's the unfortunate part. is Dana goes to the press conference afterwards. I mean, fortunate, but unfortunate. And he announces that, hey, January 21st, UFC 283, it's going to be Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. And that's going to be for the light heavyweight title. Uh, that, that, that's great. Uh, Glover involved, fine. Uh, Jamal Hill, okay. I, I, I have him right up there as a top contender, too. Here's the unfortunate part is that it was supposed to be Jamal Hill versus Anthony Smith. And Anthony finds out pretty much a mere handful of seconds before they say it live on the broadcast. The broadcast that he is a live analyst on. Somebody gets in his ear a couple seconds before it happens. And like he said, he wanted to flip the desk. And um, unfortunately, that would be the last time he'd, he'd be probably doing commentary and things like that. And it would probably uh, hurt him in the UFC too. But I totally understand. I hear you. I hear you. You had nothing to do with this draw here. It makes no sense why you would lose your fight coming up that you've been training for. But as he said on the Believe You Me podcast, you know, he co-hosts with Bisping. As he said on the most recent one, he said, you know, he, he he let his frustration go a little bit. He controlled it, did the professional thing. And um, the U.S., the U.S., the UFC is making, uh, is making it good for him. It could be opportunity. It could be money. Uh, whatever it is, they're, they're making good on it. And uh, that's, you know, that's what they do. So... Uh, split draw there. Looks like Teixeira versus Hill for the title there. I feel like Anthony Smith, he needs one one solid win, and I think you got to put him into title contention because he was right there before the ankle injury. Seems like he's back strong, back going. He didn't make it up to him somehow, and I, I think Dana will. Uh, the co-main event was Patty Pimblett versus Jared Gordon. You got to give a lot of credit to Jared Gordon. Everybody kept saying, "Oh, he's coming in at 19-5 and 0." I mean, how good could he really be? Not only beat 19 people, he may have lost to five. We don't know how many of those were decisions or things like that. I mean, without looking them up. But I felt like Jared Gordon won this fight, and instead they, uh, I think this is the this is the this was the controversial judge. On this one, where he ended up giving the fight to Patty Pimblett, I gotta disagree. I, I don't. I feel like Patty didn't didn't do enough to win this one. Now, I understand where he's coming from, and, and also understand this: the judges around cage side. Um, and I heard John McCarthy say this too. He says they they don't always have the best view. They put two of them near the doors and one in a random spot. 
and the one the random spot away from the doors actually has the better view when uh when your view is obstructed by extra uh pillars and posts and and you know obstructive view of the cage and things like that uh, it's a little difficult to watch it but this is a real close fight when it goes to the judges you, you really don't know what could happen there's not much you could do they are investigating this one guy and i will talk about the bellator uh main event that he was a part of here in a minute but pimlet wins going forward he's he's the star they're trying to push they're they're trying to to get what they can and you know he he is a potential star and you know if these two rematched, I, I would I would very much like to see that. But Patty will move on. Uh, he won't say anybody, but he needs to start fighting people in the top at least 15 to be taken super seriously. Because right now it's it's the it's the Sugar Sean debate. Until Sugar Sean started fighting top people, you just you, d you just didn't know how good he could actually be. But after his latest fight, he's the number one contender. So, you know, good for Patty. Good for Jared. I thought he's fought well, even in losing effort. Like I said, I, I felt like he won the fight. But judges are judges. Uh, third card, on, or third match on card, Santiago Ponzinibbio got the TKO victory over Alex Morano. Now, remember, Alex was stepping in under short notice because. Uh, this was a catchweight fight as well. Uh, Santiago lost his opponent about two weeks ago. Uh, I thought Murano did really good. I think if he was given a full camp, I think uh, he probably would have done a little better. But uh, Santiago gets the win. Uh, good for him with the TKO victory. And, you know, it just added to uh, a really good main card. Also, the fourth match on the card saw Darren Till take on his middleweight foe of Drikas Duplessis. How about two and a half minutes in round number three? Duplessis gets the submission victory over Darren Till. Uh, Darren Till is is lost a handful of fights. People are starting to have that that discussion about what happens next um, i think he'll rebound i think his next fight i think he, he needs to he'll probably drop down the rankings here that'll that'll give him a different style opponent and uh, i think he'll be able to rebound and, and get back on top but that neck crank was uh, uh pretty nice pretty nice for the south african uh Drikus, man he, he's he's a, he's a he's somebody to watch out for don't know how much of a top contender he is yet, but what little bit I've seen, looks like Drikas can fight, guys, and that's that's going to be fantastic. I hate it for Till, but that's how the fight game goes sometimes. We'll see what happens moving forward. Like I said, I think he'll drop down the rankings a little bit. He'll get a different style opponent, and we'll see Darren Till right back up in, you know, a couple fights. And then lastly, Bryce Mitchell took on Ilya Tapuria. Halfway through round number two, Tapuria gets the arm triangle on Bryce Mitchell. Um, Tapuria's really good. Bryce Mitchell's good, we know. Uh, I felt like Ilya was winning this fight majority of the time anyway, but when he locked in the arm triangle, uh, just nothing Bryce could do. And it was all she wrote on that. But at 15-2-0, it's not like Bryce Mitchell is a slouch. Ilya is now 13-0. We'll see what he does in the featherweight division. He could be a monster, a real disruptor for sure. And Bryce Mitchell, will, he'll get another good fight coming up. We're not worried about that. That was a, It was a good main card. Um, other notable things on the card. Jarzinho Rosenstruck knocked out Chris Dawkus in 23 seconds. Uh, if you see a Dawkus brother in the UFC... By January 1st, it would surprise me. Uh, they come in with a lot of, of hype and uh, uh, some good skill, but neither one of them has really performed all that well. So uh, might be adios to the Dawkins brothers. Uh, Chris Curtis with the great TKO of Joaquin Buckley. 
Buckley's good. We know him for those crazy knockouts that he's actually had. But he, he's a lot better fighter than just those couple top moments. But Chris Curtis didn't care what Joaquin Buckley was trying to do. He he a thousand percent uh, was was ready to to go in this one gets the TKO victory. Um. There it is. Edmund Shabazian gets the TKO victory towards the end of round number two over Dolce Luingambula. It's a good fight up, up until that moment. Uh, then it turned into a great ending. But overall, UFC 282, I felt like it delivered. felt like it, it gave us what we were looking for. And that moves us into this weekend's UFC Fight Night on December the 17th. That would be Saturday. Looks like ESPN Plus for the entire card, according, according to what I'm looking at. Uh, and we're going to get Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland in the main event. Sean Strickland loves to walk you down and be very forceful. It also means he walks into some attacks. Kind of things happen, and Cannonier is going to be looking to kind of like uh, kind of like whack a ball, but it's going to be whack a Sean. That uh, every time that mole sticks his head through the hole, you you smack it with the mallet. Well, that mallet's going to be his hands and feet. I think Sean Strickland could win this if he can march Cannoneer into a phone booth, so to say, and have it be a very close fight, close in proximity fight. But uh, if Cannoneer can get some at-range attacks, then I feel like he could win. I've actually I actually favor. Cannoneer, it is a minus 110 both ways, which means they think it's a 50-50 pick em. I think Cannoneer has a slight edge. I would take him. Co-main event, Armand Sharukian is taking on Demir Ismagulov. I like Armand in this one. He is a slight favorite. Uh, Demir's, Demir's a good fighter, but uh, Sharukian has been on a tear as of late especially uh, this last calendar year, and I think he's going to continue his winning ways. Matchup number three is Amir Albazi versus Alessandro Costa. Albazi is a big favorite. Uh, people really like this guy in the uh, flyweight division, and uh, like I said, he's a minus four fit, 440 favorite. I don't know that I necessarily put a bet on it, but I do feel like Amir is a pretty big favorite, and this would be a, a chance for him to be showcased and shined up. So uh, I'm picking Amir in that one. Uh, not saying Costa couldn't come up with with a victory. Just saying it's going to take a little bit of luck and, and uh, a lot of skill to do so. That's it, number four of the main card is Alex Caceres versus Julian Arosa. Arosa is the slight favorite. I'm actually going to say Alex Caceres is going to take the victory in this one. Uh, just like the way he fights, I think he's going to be able to get in there and uh, just kind of fight his kind of fight against Julian. And if Alex Caceres fights his kind of fight, he's probably going to win. And then last on the main card is Drew Dober, who's going to take on Bobby Green. Uh, Drew Dober is just a menace. He is the slight favorite at minus 155, plus 130 for Bobby Green. But Bobby Green can throw hands. He can do some other stuff too, but he can throw hands. So if they decide to stand and throw hands, all bets are off with this particular fight. If uh, they're able to get it to the ground, we may see we may see uh, Dober get a little bit of an advantage. But this is a, a pretty even fight, in my opinion. I'm going to take... I'm going to trade the favorite, Drew Dober. It's really close in my mind, though. I feel like uh, this is probably going to go to decision, and it's going to be uh, – it's not going to be controversial, but it's its going to come down to the wire. You could see a split decision uh, for sure. Notable fights on the card. We get Cheyenne uh, Velizmas versus Corey McKenna. 
in the women's strawweight division there. Cheyenne is the slight favorite at minus 190, plus 160 for Corey. I like Corey's chances. Um, Jake Matthews versus Matthews uh, Samelsberger. Looks like Matthews is the minus 270 favorite, plus 220 for Samelsberger. Don't. Don't discount Samelsberger. Jake Matthews probably will win this, but Samelsberger has some pop in his strikes, and uh, he could he could give Jake some fits. Uh, Julian Marquez versus Jerron Wynn in the middleweight there. Julian's the favorite. Brian Battle coming off the, I think, Contender Series win. Going to take on Renat uh, Fakardino. Got nine and one versus nineteen and one. People said, "Oh, there's a big, you know, the big discrepancy and all that." Well, Brian Battle wanted bigger fights. He kept opening his mouth. He wanted bigger fights, and he said he'd fight people, and so they found Renat. See what happens. But uh, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna it's gonna be a, a good overall card, and uh, it, it kicks off this Saturday. Like I said, check local local listings for. All of the festivities, the, uh, the the main card, the regular card, you know, should be good. Let's move to Bellator real quick. Uh, Bellator 289 was this past Friday, headlined by the Bantamweight World Grand Prix semifinals. In the main event, we saw Rafion Stotts, who is the current Bantamweight World Champion, coming into the fight. Against Danny Sabatello. We knew Sabatello was going to try to wrestle a lot. That's what he's really, really good at. Now, he's got some strikes. He can strike, too. Rafion is more known for his striking. But besides that, uh, Rafion is a champion wrestler. So... It seemed to me that Sabatello, and he even said it in his post game, that had he worked more on his, or had he used, not worked more, had he used more of his strikes and control instead of just trying to hold positions, he felt like he probably would have won this. Uh, the controversial judge, as a, this was a win for Stotts by decision, the controversy came when you had two judges who said 49. Or was it 48, 47? Stotts, two of them said it. And the third judge, the one from the Patty Pimblett fight the day after this, said Sabatello won 50 to 45. Right. How could that discrepancy happen? This, this is why this guy's under investigation. I'm not saying that Danny Sabatello doesn't deserve that kind of praise because he, uh, he had a really good fight. And I think if the, or when these two match up again, Sabatello is going to do a little more striking, and Raffion is going to have to be ready for it. But good for Raffion. He fought the fight he needed to fight. He got in his offense when he needed to. He was able to defend a lot of Sabatello's uh, takedown attempts and, and grappling and things like that, and uh, champ deserved to stay champ. So he definitely did that. Liz Carmouche defended her women's flyweight title against Julia Velasquez, Juliana Velasquez, who is who she beat for the championship anyway. And submission win for Liz Carmouche. She proved us all wrong. Remember, I, I, I picked Juliana. I thought Juliana was going to win it back. Um, it was nothing personal to, to Liz. I just felt like Juliana was coming in with more momentum. I was wrong. Good for Liz Carmouche. In the other side of the bracket for the Bantamweight World Grand Prix, Magomed Magomedov took on Apache Mix. Remember what I said. Magomed is probably the favorite, which was weird because Apache Mix had uh, had less losses. He only had one loss coming into this. But Magomed uh, was coming in with more hype and more momentum and things like that. And so, a lot of people were counting Patchy out. Now, I had said myself that I, I believe I picked Magomed I, without going back to the tape. I think I did. I will admit that. But I also said that don't discount Patchy's ability to end this fight. And end this fight early. And he did. 
he wins via submission. He made Magomed tap out Patchy Mix versus Rafion Stotts for a million dollars in the world title. You can't script this stuff. You can't script this stuff. That is going to be amazing. And yes, I, I'm already thinking what you guys have uh, put in some of the chats and some of the messages we have received. I am going to try to get one or both of them onto this show. We are going to work on that. Definitely going to work on that. Uh, good for Patchy Mix. Sorry I discounted you. Um, and lastly, on the main card, Dalton Rasta wins by decision over Anthony Adams. Uh, Dalton stays undefeated. I think I've been Anthony Adams in this one. If I'm not mistaken, I think I did. But uh, Rasta, he, he did what he needed to do. He wins by decision. Anthony Adams uh, fought a good fight. He just didn't do enough to impress the judges. So it, uh, it didn't work out in his favor. They had a great undercard as well. You want to go check that out. But let's see. Their next event will be Bellator 290. No, no, no. It won't be either. Their next event is going to be Saturday, December 31st, as they do a Bellator MMA versus Ryzen uh, dual event, which is going to be fantastic. Like I said, that's December the 31st. It's going to be in Tokyo. And, I mean, they've got Roberto Satoshi versus AJ McKee. We're going to talk more about this in in uh, coming weeks. Patricio Pitbull is going to take on Kleber Koike. I mean, just, you guys are going to like it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking back over the card now. Uh, I like that they're doing this, uh, you know, lack of a better term, the wrestling term, forbidden door. You're taking two promotions and you're putting, putting a lot of your bigger fighters against each other. It's going to be a fun event. Definitely going to be a fun event. Like I said, we will talk more about that uh, next week and the week after as it gets closer to that. But that's going to do it for our fighting, for our MMA portion of the show. We are going to take a quick break so we can tell you about our friends at BetOnline.net. And when we get back, we're going to talk some pro wrestling. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact Dork from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They've got the betting lines. They've got the wagering lines. They have the articles. They have the podcast that you can listen to that will make you a smarter, more educated fan, even if you can or uh, if you're allowed to bet and just don't, or if you want to bet and you do, or if you're in a place where it's not legal to do so. Make sure to gamble responsibly. Uh, if you feel like you've got a problem, there are places you can reach out to. But BetOnline.net is a fantastic place just for sports information, let alone all the betting aspects. So definitely go check them out. Tell them Impact Media sent you. They love hearing that. I love hearing from them that you guys told them that. Um, first part of the show, we talked a little UFC 282 and uh, UFC Fight Night coming up. We went over controversial judge and we also talked about bellator 289 that was uh, it man what a loaded fight weekend that was but right now i want to talk about the wrestling events that happened last week and i want to start let's start with ring of honor final battle now there's zero hour which is their pre-show we got to see uh, Jeff Cobb defeated uh, Dorado. It's good to see Dorado. He's been doing some fantastic things. Um, the JAS defeated Eli Isom and Cheeseburger. That was an okay match. Um, Isom and Cheeseburger are a fun team. If you don't know who they are, they are Ring of Honor stalwarts. They are 
really, really good and uh, good talents and people that hopefully you'll hear more about soon. Uh, Nightingale defeated Adora. That was a pretty good match. And Top Flight defeated The Kingdom. I could see, as fun as it is to have Top Flight on AEW, I could see them doing quite well in the Ring of Honor uh, arena. That, according to Tony Khan, they will be getting a TV deal set up very soon. I look forward to that because it needs to be separate from AEW. You can have crossovers here and there, but I don't turn in, tune into AEW to catch up on Ring of Honor, and I don't turn into tune into Ring of Honor to catch up on AEW. They need to be separate things. Uh, Roosh and Jerlisco, Jerlistico, took on Blake Christian and AR Fox. This is a pretty good match. It was a real high pace and everything. Uh, the finish looked a little weird. And uh, it actually looked like uh, Julistico kicked out at two, but the ref called for the bell anyway. Um, it didn't look like it was. It didn't look like it was controversial or anything. It's just uh, he just I maybe didn't know he was going to kick out of that or something. I don't know. But uh, Ar Fox looked pretty surprised that he had won the match. But him and Blake Christian get the match. Um, and those roost chops are something else. We got to see the Ring of Honor Women's Championship defended as Mercedes Martinez took on Athena. These two have a history, and they alluded to that through the videos, and they've talked about it in their interviews and things like that. And then this match delivered. You get two world-class athletes competing over one belt, and you just, you get a really, really good match. They did everything. They listened to the crowd. They fed into them when they needed to. They pulled the crowd into the moments they wanted them into, and uh, this was uh, just a great overall match, and your new Ring of Honor Women's Champion is Athena. I think her getting out of the AEW mix for a little while will do her a lot of good. And, uh, you know, we could see her and Mercedes go at it again. But I think her leading the women's division over there is going to make Ring of Honor uh, quite the good thing. We got to see Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey take on Swerve and Keith Lee. This, this is, this is a, a mirror matchup. Absolutely a mirror matchup. And... Uh, the moment that I, I'm still stunned by was Keith Lee catching Shane Taylor in his arms. Wow. He caught him like he was a three-year-old kid. He <laughs> just, just snagged him out of the air. That is impressive because both of those guys are very, very large individuals and very, very talented. Um, just... Just amazing. At some point, Swerve and Our Glory is going to split up, and uh, that that's going to be the best thing for Keith Lee. This was really good matchup. Shane Taylor, guys. If you don't, if you JD Griffey, you should go look into. But Shane Taylor, you should be watching anything that man does. He is extremely talented and should be on TV a lot more. I don't know if he's going to stay in Ring of Honor or if they're going to try to bring him into AEW, but uh, Shane Taylor deserves to be on TV, and as much as you can get him on there. We got to see the six-man tag titles defended as Dalton Castle and the boys took on the Embassy of the Gates of Agony and Brian Cage. We knew what was going to happen here. We knew the Embassy was going to win. They did some pretty good spots to showcase all six of the talents involved. Um, the triple powerbomb for the, for the win was, was a nice touch. But the thing I take away from this is what I it's, – it's another one that I tell people all the time. If you're not watching Dalton Castle, you are missing out. That man knows how to perform. All-world wrestler. We're talking amateur style. And then he comes in to here, and he just knows how to, to just bring – he is like Willy Wonka, and he knows how to drag you through the chocolate factory, even though you don't want to be there. 
You started a Ring of Honor show. He comes out. You don't want to leave. He's that good. Uh, just incredible. But your new champs, the Embassy, and there's a lot of titles moving around here. That was pretty nice. Speaking of which, Daniel Garcia took on Wheeler Yuta for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Garcia has the potential to be a pretty good guy and probably maybe future star down the road. But Wheeler Yuta is the one who needed this belt and for what it stands for, for the pure things and all. So he was able to pull out the victory here. It helped the top flight, took out uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ainge beforehand to make it a fair one-on-one -on -one fight. And like I said, Daniel could fight. I mean, Daniel can wrestle. He can do all that. But Wheeler Yuta, as a Ring of Honor champ, you know, I, I could see him being a Ring of Honor guy going forward, and he could be a future world champ somewhere down the road. FTR and the Briscoes took on each other in a tag team dog collar match for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. You know, FTR has three different sets of belts. They got everyone bloody in the match, including a spot where a referee took a uh, chair smash, I believe it was, to the head, and they brought out a different ref at that point. Been a while since I've seen a referee bleed. Don't know if it's necessarily necessary, but these two tore each other up in the ringside area just as you would, and in the end, the Briscoes get the belts. This tells me that Ring of Honor, all these title changes, and two of the people they're winning, tell me a lot about how close this TV deal is for Ring of Honor. It's got to be right around the corner because they're setting up a lot of their people going forward that were either Ring of Honor veterans or guys that it looks like they are going to, or gals even, that they're going to try to bring across to lead the new charge. Good for the Briscoes. I was not always a Briscoe fan. Uh, I, I, and then I went back and started watching the evolution of them from the beginning till now, and, and they're... They're just a testament. They're, they're like FTR. They're one of those tag teams that you cannot tell the history of pro wrestling without missing the Briscoes. They're, they're that good. They're that good. Samoa Joe and Juice Robinson for the Ring of Honor TV title. Really good match. Uh, for people in the U.S. who don't know or remember Juice much, this was a great showcase for him as he had some great moments. Him and Samoa Joe really tore it up, did a really great job. In the end, Joe keeps his title, but I think Juice, outside of, of keeping his title, I think Juice had about as good a night as Samoa Joe did. And I look forward to Juice Robinson doing some more stuff stateside. I don't know how much uh, New Japan stuff he's still got going, but I would like to see him stateside a little bit more. And then finally, Chris Jericho, the Ocho, defended his Ring of Honor World Championship against Claudio Castanoli. Some really good spots in this match. Uh, you know, Jericho cheating with the bat, and uh, just... It, 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 was a, it was a solid match, but the best part of the match to me was the end. Not because it was over. It was because <laughs> Castanoli does the swing on Jericho, and Jericho taps out to the big swing. I didn't see that coming. They completely, completely got me with that one, and it was uh, spectacular, just spectacular. Uh, overall, I thought final battle to, to kind of probably be the launching point for what Ring of Honor does in 2023. I felt like it was it was right where it needed to be, maybe even a little edgier. But Ring of Honor looks like they are, are repackaged and about ready to to relaunch into everything, you know, where they need to be. And it looks like Tony Khan is behind them on that. So uh, I, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing Ring of Honor back on television and the things they are going to want to do because the world needs Ring of Honor. They definitely do, and they've missed them. Let's talk some NXT deadline. I'll be honest, the Iron Survivor Challenge, even though it's it's a little bit of a spin on an old TNA idea, that I, the King of the Mountain match that I think is uh, just complicated and sloppy, 
the women's and men's Iron Survivor Challenge was not bad. I thought it was pretty, they were pretty solid. They had their moments. Uh, speaking of uh, the women's, you know, having having Roxanne Perez start early and her basically be the one that almost everybody else pinned outside of Kiana James, who didn't end up with the fall. I uh, gave you that false sense of hope that it was going to be one of them. And then having her win, she's the one who's the most set up to potentially beat Mandy Rose. Because at some point, somebody's got to beat Mandy Rose. And I think Roxanne Perez is that person they can push. It was probably going to be Cora Jade at some point, And then they decided to go with Roxanne when they brought her in. Uh, Roxanne was actually the Ring of Honor Women's Champion right before they kind of closed up shop temporarily a year ago, and then she got signed by NXT, and she she could probably have a solid run down here and then be on the main roster within the next couple years. But uh, Roxanne Perez wins. This was a really good match. Uh, it's not bad if you want to do this once a year. I'm good with that. Uh, this concept, though, we don't need it multiple times. This is like if you want to do an Elimination Chamber, then do it at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, and that's it. If you want to do a Hell in a Cell, then do it once a year at Hell in a Cell. Don't do it multiple times. I'll leave this where it is. But overall, the women's match I thought was good. I'm glad they led off with it. I think it really got the juices flowing and some good things happening. And that led us into the next match, which was Alba Fire versus Isla Dawn. Clearly, it looks like Alba Fire is either about to be on the main roster or leaving in a, I mean, leaving WWE. I think she's probably getting called up. So I hope she doesn't take too many losses on the way out of the door and have no momentum whatsoever. But uh, basically, Isla Dawn did, did most of the work in this one, and she ends up with the win. And it just—it's—it's uh, it's to set up Isla Dawn as a force in NXT. I just—I don't know why it has to be at the expense of somebody who's probably about to go up a level. But uh, it, it was okay. It was, it was all right. The NXT Tag Team Championship, pretty deadly, defended against the New Day. Once again, somebody's got to be pretty deadly, right? And you got somebody like the New Day who can kind of defend and, and still be on SmackDown if they want to and things like that. And, well, the New Day does win. And they win clean. And they are now uh, WWE Triple Crown Champions. They have won the Raw, SmackDown, and NXT titles. Something I don't think... Yeah, the Usos, I don't think it wasn't NXT when they were down there. So they haven't done that which sets up another feud with them that they can do things like that. But it looks to me also that if, if pretty deadly doesn't win these titles back from the new day, you know, in the next handful of months, maybe pretty deadly. They've shown a lot of really good in ring work. Maybe they're going to get called up too. Um, you know, maybe the post WrestleMania call ups, I, I could see all the fire and, uh, pretty deadly being some to get called up. I mean, there's, there's a bunch more you can make a case for, but the way they're kind of clearing the deck for them, those, those would be the moves I would check out. Then we got the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge. I'll be honest. Everybody had their moments. Carmelo Hayes, Axiom, Joe Gacy, uh, J.D. McDonough, who surprisingly didn't end up with any falls. It just, I don't know, it's like he fell out of grace or something. I'm not sure. He's, he's going to have to do something different. Uh, everybody had a, a good, solid showing, right? And then, Grayson Waller just stole the show. He showed why he is probably the most developed heel right now. He could, he could be a face. He could be a good face, but he's such a... He's, he's very edge-like that he will do what he has to do. If that means he has to roll you up and hold the ropes, fine. If that means he has to sneak a, an object in to do it that way, fine. If he has to throw somebody who's trying to get a pinfall off, 
off somebody and jump on and get the pinfall himself. Fine. He's just that manipulative. You just like Edge. He just will do anything to beat you, and that's just gonna help him out so much. Uh, we really haven't seen him against Braun Breaker. So, as we get into whether Breaker retained or Apollo took the belt, either one of them against Waller, it's going to be really, really good. But Grayson Waller definitely stole the night as uh, he's kind of been up and down recently. So, for him to have such a solid moment, this was his, his, his blow-up moment. And I look forward to seeing uh, what he does soon because... We know who he's coming after. He's coming after the winner of the NXT Championship between Braun Breaker and Apollo Crews. Well, if you saw this match, it wasn't a stinker. It was solid because these two are highly athletic. Uh, they had some, some weird moments. It just, uh, just kind of goofy. At no time did I ever feel like Braun Breaker was not going to win this match. I just think they needed a, a credible contender, and why not Apollo Crews, who's not done all that much since coming to NXT. He's given a pretty good presence down there, but he, he wasn't taking the belt. Uh, it, it, you know, decent match, not the best in the world. But uh, I give them the same credit. They did NXT to set up everything going into their New Year's Nearest Eve event, I believe is their next one. It... it it clears the deck and it sets up some things and we'll have to see what they got into this week as uh, I heard there was some good rumblings. As you guys know, I do not watch any of the current week's shows until I do this show. So we will, I will get into all of that. I will get into watching all that as soon as uh, this show finishes recording. Let's get into some WWE real quick. We're starting to see they, they've added ad, adding Kevin Owens to the mix to kind of go at the bloodline. We know he's coming after Roman, but there's also that chance that he's there to stir up Sammy because he's kind of done that a little bit. They had the Usos defend their belts against Riddle and KO on Raw. Of course, they find a way to win there because Riddle and KO are not an actual tag team. I think the more important story is, is where is Riddle's original partner, Randy Orton? Is he close to coming back? Is he not? I haven't heard anything. If you guys have heard something, let me know. Maybe I'll look into it. Actually, I will look into it if you guys give me some direction there. I, I, I just haven't seen anything about it. But um, Riddle's just there for, he, he's, he's good with the crowd. He's a good performer, but I, I don't take him as a, a credible contender. At the moment, Kevin Owens is always the wild card. Uh, he had a decent showing in this. Riddle did a majority of the in-ring work. But like I said, they're just setting up the, the KO and Roman and then eventually Sammy in there as, as a wild card is, is going to be what they're working towards. We had a triple threat match between Bailey, Rhea Ripley, and Ashka. So much talent in the ring. It's a pretty solid match. It was actually better than the tag match before it. Uh, Bailey ends up with the win. The women's division is kind of all over the place, but Bailey needed a solid win because she seems to have just jobbed out everybody since jobbed out to everybody since she returned. So it was a good showing for her. Um, yes, I've heard about some of the controversy about the people I have. I am about to talk about. No, I have not seen a whole lot about it. But Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, throw in theory between the three of them. That's, that's probably one of the best feuds going on between the three of them. Apparently, Lashley roughed up some refs and uh, got into it with Adam Pearce. And it technically got him fired on Raw. I think he was reinstated as of Tuesday morning. Uh, or... It was retracted. I don't know. But I, I want to dig more into this, but I'm going to dig more into it next week because I want to see all the stuff that happens this week and see where I think they're going with it because if they kind of get the Lashley versus the Authority story going, I think it's going to be really good. It's going to lead up to something really fun 
WrestleMania. Around WrestleMania time. But um, Seth and Lashley, in theory, definitely, it's it's showcasing. We know what Lashley is. We know what Seth is. We know what Theory could be. These, by far, are three of the more talented people on Monday Night Raw. Um, what else was there? There wasn't a lot. Now, it seems like they're kind of partnering up the Poison Pixie with her actual husband, Johnny Gargano, with their good buddy, Dexter Loomis. All we're missing is Indy Hartwell to have the the group back together. Be, in, be interesting. If they brought her up and paired the four of them together again, they were a fantastic uh, double duo. I don't, call, I don't call them a foursome, don't call them anything like that, because they were the double duo. You had Gargano and Candice LeRae, who kind of acted as the mother and father, and then, you know, it was Theory and Indy Hartwell, but Indy um, on-screen married Loomis down in NXT, so if you kind of paired those back together, I think that would be a fun supergroup. A fantastic four, if you will. And what else was there? Oh, Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross versus Becky Lynch. Uh, Damage Control got involved with it as well, but uh, Alexa gets a good win there. She hasn't really had a big win in a while outside of some tag titles, but uh, it was good for her to get the win over Nikki and Becky like that, and it just stirs the pot of the women's division because the women's division is is quite good and they are heating up uh, especially uh, in Raw. SmackDown is pretty good too but it's it's kind of we'll get into it. Speaking of SmackDown as I said the Usos defended their belts against the Brawling Brutes uh, with Ridge at ringside it was Sheamus and Butch representing their squad. Of course, the Usos win. Uh, I like the Brutes as that trio. I think there's a lot of room to grow, and having Sheamus spearheading that group, I I very much, maybe all the fire gets added to them. And they could feud with Judgment Day and things like that. That could be fun. That could be fun. I think I like that. Because the OC has got uh, Mia Yim, or Meechin, as she is calling herself now, or they're calling her, whatever it is. But I could see the uh, the three guys with with the female in their group. I, I could see that starting to be a thing, and they build up a few of those groups like that. You got Judgment Day, you got the OC. If you want to pair somebody with the Brutes, I could see that. But uh, the Usos do do something that no, I don't think anybody has done, and that's defend their belts on. Raw and SmackDown in the same week, so good for them on that. It was Kurt Angle's birthday. They did some stuff between him and Gable Stevenson. It seemed to me that the point of the night was to showcase Gable Stevenson. It will be interesting to see. I know I've said that a lot. It will be interesting to see what they do with Stevenson, because uh, you already have Chad Gable. It's not his real name. Who's doing some fantastic things for the Alpha Academy? But if you bring on Gable Stevenson, I, I thought maybe they would pair him with his brother, who was down at NXT. But I think for now they're just trying to remind people that hey, we have arguably one of the best wrestlers in in American history. We just haven't turned him into an on-screen persona yet. But uh, had some good spots. Had the the milk angle at the very end that was really funny, spraying the milk and all that. Uh, Wade Barrett getting upset about his his new suit getting trashed was kind of funny. Um, L.A. Knight got to meet Uncle Howdy. I thought Uncle Howdy was going to be a completely different person, but apparently it is just this other side of Bray Wyatt, where instead of him being the fiend, then it's... It's, he's kind of doing this Mick Foley thing where he's kind of like four or five personas, but I think Bray can pull it off. 
and uh, it was L.A. Knight is one of the perfect people to to pair off with this to make it work to launch it. Um, I look forward to this feud. I feel bad for L.A. Knight. He is not going to come out on the on the good end of it, but uh, he is doing a spectacular job of of carrying it when when Bray's not on screen. The Viking Raiders get a win over LDF. Tag division over there is just kind of stale. They're trying to make contenders out of some of these people. LDF would, would be a really good group, even to potentially beat the Usos, but I just I don't see it. The person that's going to beat the Usos would be somebody like Pretty Deadly or something like that. I don't think it's anybody on the current roster. Um... Ricochet and the New Day took on Imperium. This is a really good match. These are six people who are very good at what they do. Ricochet ended up with a pinfall in that. Uh, really, really good match. Um, that was only outdone by the following segment where Ray was in the back getting checked out by a trainer and Scarlet and Cross come up and Cross uh, hits his, his little promo right there talking about maybe Ray, in an inadvertent way, maybe Ray should think about hanging it up, like taking the old dog out to pasture or something. I, I So well done. So well done. And Ray's reaction was, was off the charts. Uh, then we got to see Liv Morgan and, I mean, uh, Liv, anyway, Liv and Tegan Knox take on Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And Raquel Rodriguez come down to uh, help with the distraction a little bit. And Liv was able to get the pinfall over Shayna, which was a pretty nice touch. Don't know where they're going with all this stuff. It's good to see Tegan Knox back on. But outside of that, I don't know. I, I really don't know what they're doing. It's just... It is Liv Morgan, isn't it? Yeah. Knew I had that right. It just it was scrambling in my head. All right, let's go to let's go to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling opened up with the Motor City Machine Guns taking on Heath and Rhino for the tag belts, and the major players come down and got the double DQ on them both. Looks like they want to. I had heard Cardona was potentially coming back to WWE. But it seems like they're pretty entrenched in the tag division in Impact Wrestling, so we'll see where they go with that. Uh, Violet by Design, now led by Diener, because Eric Young is going back to WWE. Uh, their representative, Connor, was able to beat Sammy Callahan. Great. Great win. That's a feather in your cap. Connor is a, is a a good, solid big man. He's kind of he's kind of taking that place over at the moment. In violent by design, and uh, like I said, he got the win over Sammy. That that was fantastic. And then Josh Alexander took on Speedball Mike Bailey because Mike Bailey said, well, you, you know, you haven't defended against me. This was a, a pretty good match. Uh, such a clash of styles. But these two actually did a really good job making it work. Obviously, Bully Ray had a lot to do with um, uh, things towards the end. But Josh Alexander retains his belt. And there wasn't a lot of big action on their show this week, but uh, they're setting up some some pretty good things. They've got a show coming up uh, here in Atlanta in early January. Let's go to, let's do New Japan, and then we will finish with AEW. New Japan, we got to see Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, who are a pretty solid tag team, by the way. They're, they're in with uh, Will Ospreay and crew. They took on FTR. Good to see FTR defending their New Japan belts. FTR ends up with the win in that one, but uh, Great O'Connor and Jeff Cobb, they they were throwing FTR around like they were sacks of potatoes. It was great. Um, 
then we got to see it was Hiromu Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori. They drew straws basically to determine how these four were going to be paired up. They took on El Desperado and Master, Master Wado. Really good match. I know you guys may not know who some of these people are. I implore you to watch this match. This was uh, uh, really, really well done. In the end, Master Wado gets the win over Hiromu Takahashi after Taiji Ishimori uh, basically kicked him in the face. He kicked his partner in the face. They, they don't like each other. Half these, or two th or three of the four, don't like each other at all. Uh, interesting way to end it, but overall, it, it was a really good match. It was a good match. We'll get more into some New Japan. Um, in the coming weeks, they've got some fun stuff coming up as well. Their their big show of the year, their WrestleMania, basically, is coming up, I think, in January. Let's go on to some AEW. We start with Dynamite, where it starts with the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. The winner of that is usually MJF. MJF is not in it this year because he's the champ. And you get a title shot in winning this. And Ricky Starks ends up with the win. So MJF comes down to interrupt him. Him and MJF and Starks get into it. I would say Ricky Starks actually won the promo battle, which is hard to do. MJF usually either doesn't let you get a word in, or he's just really good with his one-liners. Uh, Ricky got the best of him uh, quite a handful of times. It was. Uh, I look forward to that match. I think that is. Probably happening tonight on AEW. Um, Samoa Joe defended the belt, the TV belt, against Darby Allen. Once again, Clash of Styles, but this was a brutal but very, very good match. Darby comes up a little short. Samoa Joe is going to try to injure him more. Wardlow come out. We're going to get Joe versus Wardlow again. That's going to be a fun but Darby did a fantastic job in this, as he usually does. Um, the House of Black segment, segments are by far one of the things I look forward to the most each and every week. They continue to get better. It looks like they have basically just declared war on everybody on the roster, and I look forward to what they're going to get into moving forward because uh, House of Black is a crew do not want to mess with. They are all exceptional. And when you pair them all together, they're almost unstoppable. Um, FTR took on the Acclaimed for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Some of the few that FTR does not have. Well, I mean, they just lost the Ring of Honor I told you about. But this happened beforehand. Uh, actually, the Acclaimed find a way to win over FTR. What a great signature victory for them. And we will see who the Acclaimed have up next. Probably the Gun Club. But it was right after this match that FTR got the announcement from the Gun Club that they would be in that dog collar match with the Briscoes. Uh, yeah. We go to Rampage, where we get to see Moxley, who put out an open challenge, and uh, Kazuke Takashita was the one to answer the call. That kid, man, that kid is going to be something down the road. He took Moxley to the brink. Moxley ends up with the win, but not without leaving a small piece for himself in that ring. Uh, and then Hangman comes out to confront him, and they get into it again. Hangman Moxley is eventually going to happen. I think we're waiting on Hangman to be, Hangman Adam Page, that is, to be cleared. And when he's cleared, we should be good to go. Uh, the Bunny with Penelope Ford took on Hikaru Shida. Shida, of course, gets the win in that. But once again, the in-ring work of the Bunny and Penelope Ford since coming back from injuries has been fantastic. Fantastic. Both of these women... Uh, did some work in their rehab and, and did some fantastic things, and they are becoming really good 
in-ring talent. So they were pretty good before. They are better now, and uh, they are they are must-watch. And Sheeta uh, took them to the edge of of, uh, of the universe there, and of course she ends up with the win. Uh, Orange Cassidy defended his belt against uh, Trent Seven. Kip got to pick whoever it is. If you don't know who Trent Seven is, pick it up. Uh, go go Google it. He's pretty good talent. He defended his All Atlantic belt. Uh, at some point, we're going to get Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy. That's going to be really really good. Kip is another one that puts in the work. And before he got injured and repackaged himself and came back, he was doing some really good stuff. Him with Penelope, but uh, Orange ends up with the victory. Best friends, Butcher, Blade, Bunny, Penelope Ford, they all show up. Uh, Dustin Rhodes shows up. We just have a good old Donnybrook right there at the end. But that is all the wrestling we have for the week. So that, if you can hear the bell, we need to get a bell to ring. But the ring of the bell means that this match, this show, this episode of Strong Style has come to an end. Appreciate all you guys allowing me to come on each and every week and talk pro wrestling and MMA. You guys don't know how much I really do enjoy it and talking with you guys about it. Make sure to hit us up in all the places that I told you guys. Leave us a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review. It helps the show. It helps me keep it free. I don't want to charge you guys. I enjoy this too much. But for now, this is the end of our show. Thanks for tuning in to Strong Style. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting.